I'd like to uh, introduce our speaker for today, uh, Jim and his wife, Karen. They work with the World Bible School. They live down in the Metroplex, and he is the Texas coordinator for World Bible School. He gave us a class this morning on how that actually works, and he'll be bringing the sermon uh, this morning. He has been a preacher for over 30 years, and he is also a consultant for church fundraising. I asked him what thing did he, did, did he wanted us to remember him by, and he said that I'm a grandpa. So I introduce to you Grandpa Jim Crane. Well, I have twin grandsons that are eight, and they have a little brother that's almost uh, one and a half, so those are special times, and uh, it's exciting to, to know that. I am so glad to be with you today, and appreciate the opportunity to share a message, and appreciate Mitch uh, for allowing me the opportunity to speak today. We did talk about World Bible School in class, and I'll be in the foyer after our time together here in the auditorium. If you have any questions, I hope that you'll stop by and ask and just let you know that this congregation is involved with our ministry and wants to be more involved. We're looking for additional teachers to work with the programs that we have available. Uh, I have uh, four points this morning. If you're a note taker, I notice there's a place on your handout today, and if you'd like to take some notes, if not, you can do the grocery list and know what you need to get this afternoon after we finish today. You know, many times in our lives, uh, we're introduced to someone that literally changes our life. I moved to Springfield, Missouri when I was starting the 10th grade, and I went to church one Wednesday night. young man came up to me, and he said, come sit with the youth. And, and I'm so glad to see our young people sitting down here together today. And he said, come sit with us. And so I did, and we became best of friends, debated together in high school, debated together in college. We stayed friends for, for so many years. He was best man in my wedding. But individuals that change our lives, it may be someone uh, that moves into our neighborhood. It may be a special teacher. It may be that person that we select to be our mate for our life. It may be someone that is the individual that brings us to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and helps us know what God's will is <clears throat> for our lives. But the reality is for everyone on the face of this planet, everyone everywhere, there is one who becomes that special person and wants to become that special friend and that is Jesus Christ. You know, when Jesus enters our world, silence is impossible. I want to share some stories. <coughs> I want to share some stories with you this morning that focus on the reality that when Jesus enters our world, everything changes. And the first one of these is found in uh, the Gospel of Luke. And it's found in chapter 2 when we find Jesus uh, is about to come into this world, about to be born. The shepherds are out in the field and they're watching over the flocks and they are, are watching the cattle, that the flocks that they're to take care of. And the message comes to them that this Savior that has come to this world has been born. It was good news. Good news to share for all. Sounds like a familiar story, doesn't it? A story that just a few weeks ago, 
people literally around the country and around the world were sharing together at that special time of the year. It's a story that we like to tell. But I want you to notice what happens when the angels had left the shepherds and what the Scripture says happened. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, they said, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord told us about. Common, ordinary men doing what they were trained to do, doing what they had probably done for generations, but something had changed. Something was different. And so they say to each other, let's go and let's see what is going on. And in verse 17 and 18, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And they were all amazed at that message and what the shepherds had told them. Folks, I want to tell you why I think this story is so significant for us today. Because those individuals were not preachers. Those individuals were not men that had been trained to go out and say, you know, I want to go and, and declare a message to the world. They were common, ordinary men that were sharing a story that was very special to them. But they couldn't keep it in. They couldn't hold on to it. They couldn't say, I, I can't tell anyone about this. When they saw him, they spread the word about this child that had been born. Now we're going to fast forward to Luke chapter 19. In Luke chapter 19, the ministry of Jesus is beginning to wind down. It's, it's coming to an end of his earthly ministry. Jesus is about to go into Jerusalem. It's a time that uh, he is making that journey for the very last time. He knows what's about to happen. He knows that the day is coming very quickly when he will go to the cross and, and he will give his life for mankind. Those that were with him did not know all that was taking place, but they're about to find that something is different about this visit to Jerusalem. So we pick up the story in Luke chapter 19 and verse 28. And I just want to read some of these verses for us this morning as we see what was taking place. As Jesus had said, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem, and he approached the Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, and he sent two of his disciples ahead of him. And this is what he said, Go to the village ahead, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Tell them, the Savior needs it. Those who were sent ahead went, and they found it was just as it had been told, and they were untying the colt. And the owners asked, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, and they threw their cloaks on the colt, and they put Jesus on it, and as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. Now I want to stop for just a minute and just think about what's taking place here. You know how many times Jesus had gone into Jerusalem before? How many times that journey had been made? But it was made on foot. It was made as a common individual. But this time, Jesus says, as you approach this village, there is going to be a colt that is there, and it's tied, and it's waiting, and it's ready, because this is God's will for what's about to take place. 
And I see those people as Jesus is making his way into Jerusalem. And they're taking their coats and their cloaks off and they're laying them on the ground as Jesus is making that final journey into the city. When they came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. And they said, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. And it's what takes place next that is so significant. Their response, their outpouring of love, their way of of changing who Jesus was before the eyes of mankind, it cannot be contained. But the Pharisees step into the picture. And we notice what the Pharisees say. They look at Jesus and they said, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Now what they're really saying is, tell them to be quiet. Tell them to quit talking. Tell them to stop shouting and praising your name. And it's what Jesus says next that I want us to remember today. Because then he says, I tell you, if they keep quiet, even the stones will cry out. If you rebuke these individuals from praising my name, even the rocks are going to cry out. I can't help but think of a picture in my mind of a giant boulder or even a little stone that is before us. And maybe as you leave today, you'll see one on the road or you'll see one on a journey this week. And and just think about what Jesus is saying. If you tell my disciples to be quiet, if you tell them not to share my story and my message, Even the rocks are going to cry out. Two other stories that I want us to think about real quickly are found in Mark and in Luke. Because when Jesus enters our world, our world is changed. When Jesus enters the hearts and minds of mankind, our world is changed. We live in a time today that is filled with such hatred and dissension and animosity. We have seen the evil that exists in our world just this past week. We have heard of natural disasters and destructions and all of the things that take place. And I don't know about you, but but maybe it just makes you want to stop and say, what is happening to mankind? But you see, mankind has always been broken and torn and asunder from one another. But when Jesus enters, everything changes. We notice in these two other stories, the first one real quickly in Mark chapter 1 is the story of the leper that comes before Jesus. And, and he says, you know, Lord, if, you, if you're willing, you can make me whole again. I don't know if we can fully understand the magnitude of what it would be like to be a leper to be an outcast from society, to, to walk around and, and to tell everyone in a voice that is loud enough for them to know you are unclean, you are a, a leper, do not come near me. And so this was their life and this was their daily behavior. But this man comes to Jesus and he says, if you are willing, 
You can change me. You can make me clean again. And Jesus said he was willing to do that. And he restored the man to his full health, and he removed the leprosy from his life. And, and then he says to him, now, don't go tell anyone. You first go to the priests, and you offer the sacrifices that God has commanded. But if you read that story in Mark chapter 1, you find that the leper, he can't do that. He immediately goes out and he starts telling everyone about Jesus Christ. He starts saying, I've got to tell you about this man that made me whole again, that cleansed me from the leprosy. He could not keep quiet. And then in John chapter 4, the story of the Samaritan woman. Familiar to a lot of us today. It's a, it's a story that is so powerful because this woman who really was an outcast in in her own world, in her own society, but certainly an outcast among the Jews. She comes to draw water at a time of the day that was not normal for a woman to go and draw water, but she did it because she didn't have friends to be there early in the day when the weather was cooler. But Jesus is there. And she walks into his presence, and they have this conversation that begins to take place. And she begins to learn that this Man knows all about her, knows about her life, and knows about her past, and, and is not judging her for who she has been, but encourages her for who she can be. And then the disciples come back, and they're, they're amazed at him even talking to this woman. But she goes, and she tells others, and she said, I have to tell you about this man that knew everything about me. And because of her testimony, many believed in him. Brethren, we need to understand today that, that what was happening is that when Jesus enters, silence is impossible. When he enters our lives, silence is impossible. Secondly, this morning, when Jesus enters, our lives are changed. You know, sometimes we know what it's like to be an outsider Steve mentioned that Karen and I have been involved in ministry for our entire married life. We've gone and, and started works in various congregations, and it was kind of special. You know, we'd go into a congregation, and we were the new preacher and his wife, and people were excited, and people wanted to get to know us. And, and then, a few years ago, when I wasn't preaching full-time, and before I was, began working with World Bible School, we were just like everybody else. When we moved here to the Metroplex last year, we were just like everybody else. And we began to realize what it's like sometimes for someone that is new to our community to walk through the doors of a church building, and friendships have been made, and people are comfortable, and, and they may have their own pew, and they may be very comfortable in their surroundings, but to the outsider, it's awkward, and it's uncomfortable. And so we know what it's like, or maybe we feel that because of sin that's been in our life. Maybe we feel like an outsider because of something we've done, and, and we think there is no way that God could ever forgive us. Yes, he could forgive this person, but he could never forgive me. I went to the doctor last month, and uh, they looked at me and they said, have you had uh, a test for the flu? And I said, no, I've never had that done. They said, well, we're going to do that today. 
So they tested me for the flu and tested my wife for the flu. And the nurse walked back in and she immediately went over to the cabinet on the wall and she pulls out a mask and she says, put this on. And she put one on and she gave my wife to put one on. And she said, the doctor will be in in a minute and he'll have a mask on too. I have to tell you, I felt kind of uncomfortable. We got ready to walk out of the doctor's office that day, and I almost felt like I was that leper, declining, unclean, unclean. And the doctor looked at us, and he said, you go home, and you stay there. We were going to Oklahoma to see our son compete in a gymnastics meet in a couple of days, and he said, no, you're not. You go home, and you stay there. So we kind of knew what it was like to feel like we were out of place. But the reality is that when Jesus enters our life, everything is changed. John chapter 15 and verse 15, Jesus said, I no longer call you servants. Because a servant does not know his master's business, but I've called you friends. For everything I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. Brethren, I want us to understand today that when Jesus enters our lives our lives are changed and when he comes into the presence of anyone else their lives are changed thirdly this morning we need to understand that jesus is an inviter of all that sounds simple but just think about the magnitude of what that means around the world i hurt for those families that have been affected in Florida this past week. I hurt for people that lose their lives in natural disasters and tragedies. I hurt for people who are affected by evil in the world. But I want you to know today that no matter what we've done, no matter who we are, no matter what our beliefs are, Jesus invites himself into our hearts and into our lives and Jesus wants to change who we are he said come to me all of you who are weak and heavy burdened and I will give you rest earlier this year my wife and I had been to services on Sunday night we'd been to a class actually and in that class we had talked about uh, you know, opportunities, just opportunities that come to, to share our faith with people. And that night after services, we got together with another couple, and we decided we'd go to a little fast food restaurant, and we'd get a bite to eat. And so we did, and we're sitting there, and we're in a pretty, pretty deep conversation. It was having to do with the death of one of uh, the loved ones of our friends. And all of a sudden, we look over in this 19-year-old man is standing at our table. He was a pretty good-sized person, and he stands there and he says, Y'all okay? Is there anything I can get for you? He said, I'm supposed to come make you feel welcome. We could tell it was a pretty awkward situation for him. We could tell that it, this was not his comfort zone, and so... We just immediately began to talk to him and say, tell us about you. And so he began to tell us part of his story. 
But you could tell that he was really reaching out for just someone to talk to beyond doing what his boss had told him to do. I don't remember the, which visit it was because he came back again. But in the course of him coming back another time, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry, but I've got to mop around your table. So don't slip. And we said, okay. And we talked some more. But during our two conversations with this young man, we found that he had been expelled from school. We learned that he had been injured doing what he enjoyed doing as a welder. And now he was working at a hamburger place. We learned that there were some family problems and difficulties. And, and it was just so obvious from talking to him that he was a young man that needed Jesus Christ. And so we invited him to church, told him where we worshiped not far away, and invited him to come. And my wife looks at me, she said, where's one of your cards? You know, and I pulled one of my cards out of the, my pocket. We gave to him and we said, would you like to study the Bible? You can do this at home. You can do this without any interference whatsoever at your convenience and the privacy of your home. Just go to this website and you can study the Word of God. And he said, well, thank you. And then we said to him, could we pray for you right now? And so my friend across the table led a prayer on behalf of this young man. I guess it was a couple of weeks later, we were leaving services on Sunday night. We were talking about maybe going to get something to eat, and it was pretty obvious that all four of us wanted to go back to that same place to see if we could find this young man again. And so we did, and he was there. And he came over, and, and he said, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for talking. I told my mom about you, and, and she said, you all must be wonderful people. And he said, you know, you really helped me. You really helped me. Now, I don't know what the future holds for that individual, but I do know that Jesus is working and alive and active today. Isn't it amazing the opportunities that God puts before us every day? And then finally this morning, I want us to think about the fact that Jesus is sending us to all the world. Steve mentioned that I presented a, a program in class this morning with World Bible School, and this congregation is already involved with our ministry. You can be involved personally as a teacher, uh, as a helper, and we want to talk to you more about that and be welcome to do that after services today. But we need to understand today that part of what God has called us to do is to go into all the world and share his story with those around the world we need to know today that the church building is not a destination, but it is a launch pad. And it's easy for us to come and, and to think about how comfortable... You all have a beautiful auditorium. I told my wife a few moments ago, I leaned over and I said, you know, this auditorium would be a great one for a wedding, wouldn't it? I can just see the bride and the groom up here and all the attendants and everything. It's a beautiful auditorium. But this isn't our destination. This is our launch pad. This is where, where we begin what God has called us to do. And I think about an airport, and I think about all of the planes that come and go in an airport. 
And you think about, no one's really going to an airport to shop, although you can. No one's really going to an airport to eat, although you can. What are you going to the airport for? You're going to the airport to meet someone or to go somewhere <coughs> to be in, in a, a state of transition from here to here. Last year I went to Atlanta and I got to thinking, you know, I wonder how many people travel through Hartsfield-Jackson Airport every year in Atlanta. It's the busiest, most traveled airport in the United States. And so I did a little bit of looking. I found that 101 million people every year travel through that airport. 101 million people. Well, we like to go to Florida, and we like to see Goofy, and we like to go to Disney World. And I thought, well, what about the Orlando Airport? I found that 43 million people travel through that airport every year. I don't know how many days I've spent in a church building in my life. I don't know how many days you've spent in a church building in your life. But the church building is not our destination. It's our launch pad to go into all the world and to share our faith, to share the story of Jesus with others. We use the building for all sorts of things. And we've seen our children grow up and we've seen them go to Bible class and we've seen them go through graduation ceremonies and we've seen marriages and we've seen all of those things and we've eaten a lot of fried chicken. We've done a lot of great things in church buildings, but that's not what God's called us to do is to exist in a church building. He's called us to go into all the world and share our faith with Jesus Christ. I have to tell you this morning, that's why I'm so excited about being a part of the World Bible School team. They came to me about a year and a half ago and said, Jim, we want to talk to you about being involved with us. And then I heard the story. And I shared that story this morning in class, but I'll tell you real quickly that in the last two years, we have had over two million, two million individuals contact World Bible School and say, we want to study the Word of God. It's exciting to know that as we go into all the world and teach them about Jesus Christ, that lives are being changed. And I will tell you that number-wise, that equates to over 350 or 400 or more a week that are requesting to be baptized into Christ Jesus. A week that are asking to be baptized into Christ Jesus. I want you to think for just a moment about those shepherds and think about those that laid their coats on the ground as Jesus was walking into Jerusalem and think about the leper and the Samaritan woman and realize they could not be quiet about what they were called to do. They knew that silence is impossible when it comes to thinking about Jesus Christ. They knew that Jesus was going to change their lives, and they knew that Jesus invites all to his word and his will, and we know today that he sends us to all the world. I want to close today with a, a real practical little illustration. My wife and I went to eat one day a few weeks ago, and we'd gone to a little pizza place, and gone through the line and ordered our pizza and got our drink cups and and she went over and got us some straws and we started to sit down and she said I've got your straw and I said oh great thank you so much you know 
And I opened it up, and I meant to bring the straw this morning, but I forgot. But I opened it up, and one end of it was just clamped shut. The other was normal, but the other end hadn't gotten cut. And I looked at that straw, and I thought to myself, don't think that's going to work too well today. Don't believe I'll get much out of that straw. And then I thought, what's that really saying to us as individuals? You see, a straw has one purpose. It's opened at both ends to allow whatever is going to go through that little utensil to move from one end to the other. And then I began to thinking about what we are in the sight of God. And I began to think about the reality that we're kind of like that straw. You know, God has given us his word. He's given us a great message. He's given us his will. And he has, has basically said, you share this with other people. But I think what we do sometimes is we're like that clamped straw and we, we just seal that one end shut and we say, God, thank you for pouring that into me, but I don't want it to go any further. And God looks at us and he says, I want you to share my story. I want you to share Jesus with those around you. And I'll be real honest, that's kind of a daunting thought, isn't it? Scares us sometimes. What am I going to say? What am I going to do? How, how am I going to share Jesus with someone else? Well, I want you to remind, remind you about our friends and our little fast food experience. It was pretty simple that night for us to just sit there and find out about this young man and say, we'd like to invite you to church, to services. We'd like to invite you to study the Word and then to watch him as we prayed together and see the tears that were coming down his face. And he was a pretty big strapping dude, and he said, I don't cry. But it changed him. God wants us to share our story of Jesus Christ. World Bible School and other ministries have great ways to do that. We have ways that you can do that in your home, in this congregation. I'm so thankful. Mitch, how many are going with you to uh, Ecuador? From 20-some, wasn't it? Awesome. We've got some friends in our home congregation that are fixing to go to Honduras. And I was talking to one of them uh, Wednesday night, and I said, tell me what you're going to do. And she said, we're just going as translators because they need someone to translate. You see, it's, it's Jesus' story, but we're the straw that it's got to flow through. I hope you'll help us share Jesus, and I hope you'll help this congregation share Jesus, and I hope you'll share Jesus in everything that you do. This morning, an invitation song has been selected. If you're subject to the Lord's invitation, if you're ready to put him on in baptism and to say, I want to begin my journey just like hundreds and thousands of others do every week. We're ready to assist you with that. Maybe that you need this body of believers just to pray with you and for you for some needs in your life or whatever your need is today. There are those here waiting and willing and ready to help you. And we urge you to come as we stand and as we sing. When we walk